All right, welcome to the Dog Zone. You're looking to Husky football in 2018. I'm your host, Alec Dietz, and again, I'm joined by Josh Kirschenbaum, sports editor and fellow football writer, with me for the Daily. Um, and it's time to talk some Husky football. This week's game against Colorado, a 27-13 victory. A little tough out of the gate. Colorado got going early with that uh, long, I believe, 37-yard pass play to a true freshman, Daniel Arias. Arias? I think it was 32 yards, but Arias. Yeah. Arias um, over Jordan Miller. That got the Buffs out to a big lead quickly, just like years previously, where last year in Boulder, the Buffs got out to a 7-0 lead. And then the game previous, it was a tough game at halftime. But again, the Huskies kind of know how to finish against this Buffalo team. They, uh, It was close in the fourth quarter, I believe, 17-13. to 13. Um, and then Jake Browning, or sorry, Miles Bryant breaks up a pass on a third and 10. Diving effort, really nice play that forces the punt. Jake Browning takes over, I believe, on their own 16-yard line. I believe they went 84 yards uh, down the field, including a fourth and five conversion to Aaron Fuller that resulted in a touchdown um, to kind of firmly win the game. So uh, Josh, I'll bring you in. Um, just kind of your overall thoughts on a, on a good bounce back win after, you know, obviously the letdown last week against Oregon. Yeah, I think it was a good bounce back win, as you said. We were talking about. Uh, I think really the story of that game was how you'd have finished. I was just spinning the numbers back there a little bit, and there's that pass break or going into the fourth quarter at 17-13. UW's driving, throws that screen pass to Chico McClatcher, and he runs down the goal line and fumbles out of the end zone. Colorado gets the ball back. The defense does its thing, where it gives up, you know, a couple first downs. Colorado starts to work down the field, work its way down the field. Well, and don't forget. Colorado, finally, you know, forces that fourth down uh, on a third and long pass breakup. They get the punt, and Jordan Chin... Alex Cook. Alex Cook, sorry, not Jordan Chin, my bad. Uh, Alex Cook jumps the punt shield, which is apparently a personal foul. That's 15 yards. Colorado gets the ball back. I believe, though, they that was it. They got that first down by the personal foul. Three plays later, Miles Bryant breaks that pass up. UW gets the ball back, and that was really the shift. Uh, the, the Bryant breakup was really the shift. Or Browning gets the ball back with 9 minutes 20 seconds, and in those final 9 minutes 20 seconds, there were 24 plays run. UW ran 18 of them. Yeah. Two of them were kneel downs at the end of the game. Excluding those kneel downs, UW outgains Colorado 84-3 to in those final 9 minutes and 20 seconds, outscores them 10 to nothing because so UW gets the ball back. Huge, uh, fi- uh, I think it was 12 plays, 5 minutes 40-something seconds in that. Uh, finishes with that fuller touchdown. Colorado gets the ball back, one play, and then Ben Burkirvin takes the ball off. Four plays later, Peyton Henry field goal makes it, uh, stretches the lead, lead even further. Colorado gets the ball back, goes negative one yards, turns the ball over on downs, and that's the ball game. Like that's how it's that's how you finish a game right there. That really was close for what fifty minutes. Yeah. No. I mean, it kind of felt weird, you know, sitting in the press box because there were what, there were six minutes left to go in the game, and you're like, wow, there's only six minutes left in this game? Like, it feels like there's so much more game left to be played. Like, And especially in years previous, because you kind of just felt like UW was just waiting to yeah. kind of pull away, like yeah. they'd done in the Pac-12 championship game in 2016, and then also last year in Boulder. And this one wasn't really the case. It was kind of like a grinded-out game. Uh, Coach Pete said it himself, uh, Colorado, normally a, a high-tempo offense, wasn't really wasn't, going tempo. Yeah. They were trying to grind UW, and and keep it close so that in the fourth quarter they could they could make a play, and that's UW's game. Yeah, and UW was moving the ball pretty well, but it had some uncharacteristic turnovers, was missing plays it doesn't usually miss. Both there was the McClatcher fumble, Browning had an interception, and then on the other side there was that one ball, what was it, really early, where it was a, a fumble, and yes. JoJo McIntosh has 
a ball, the ball to himself and then is five yards downfield before he realizes he doesn't have the ball with him. Colorado keeps it, and that was the I think they scored on the next play. Yeah. So there was a bunch of plays that UW normally makes. These were uncharacteristic mistakes, and that sort of kept the Buffs in it. But it also it kept this game close and just sort of rumbling the way it was. Yeah, no, and then also, to be noted, the UW running game, without Miles Gaskin for the first time in his career, you know, being down your school's leading, all-time leading rusher, but also putting together your your best rushing game of the season, statistically. Uh, they got 200 yards rushing, um, and I believe they got 163, if I remember correctly from my article, from the three tailback trio of yeah. Kamari Pleasant, Sean McGrew, and Saad Ahmed. Yeah, and I found it really interesting, and part of this could be that Savan Ahmed was not healthy going into this game either, and there were some question marks around him, that Miles Gaskin was out, and it, that seemed to be premeditated. Like, he warmed up, but it didn't seem to be a game-time. It might have been a game-time decision, but it was very clear from kickoff that he was not playing. But they really didn't change their game plan, especially with how they used Ahmed, because when Gaskin's in there, it's Gaskin on first down, Gaskin on second down, Gaskin on third down, and then uh, every drive or two, they'll throw Ahmed in there, they'll pitch it out wide to him, they'll try to get him in the corner and use his speed and what do you call it, his elusiveness. But with Gaskin out, maybe people, some people would expect just Ackman to take that running back number one role, and he didn't. It was Sean McGrew on first down, it was Sean McGrew on second down, and he got, I think McGrew had 12 carries, Pleasant had 10. Ackman yep. uh, led in rushing, but I think he only had uh, seven carries? Nine. Nine carries. He was still that change of pace, that speed back, which really shows how much that Keith Bonifa and the you know offense trusts their third and fourth string guys. Yeah, no, and and to be fair, uh, you know Kamari Pleasant, I don't think had a great day by any standards. Uh, he only averaged three and a half yards a carry, but the touchdown run, the he's really their only change of pace back they have on that roster. Um, Savan, Miles, and McGrew kind of all have the same similar style yeah. of running. They're smaller, pleasant. Miles, he's not huge. He's not like LeVon Coleman size. He's kind of the only one that runs with like a lot of power. So he did good. And I think Sean McGrew had a really, really solid game. He kind of took the brunt. I mean, he probably had the most snaps. Yeah, um, definitely. In the, in the backfield. Um, and I felt like he did a really good job. And then Savan obviously kind of played the same role that he always does. And he came in, uh, did a really good job getting to the outside. And man, I mean, we were talking about this in the press box. He's the kind of guy that like, you know, he always makes that like juke hesitation move, even though you know where he's going, you fall for it anyway. Yeah, he's going to the outside. That touchdown, like there were three guys I think he was facing and Kate Otten took one of them out and he's really stepped into his role as sort of, they're using more as H-back, fullback yeah. uh, now. But that still leaves two guys that were dead to rights on uh, on Ahmed, and there was only one place for him to go, and that was to the corner, and he somehow still made both of them miss with one move. And it frustrates you as like uh, a coach, too, because you never want to see your guy stop like that. Yeah. You want to see him try to explode to the sideline, but he like stops, make that hesitation, and he still beats him because mm-hmm. um, it kind of freezes the defender. So really unique talent. So we'll see what happens next week. They go to Cal. I don't know if Miles Gaskin's going to be available. It sounded like Coach Pete during his press conference, he said he would be back soon. Um, Only warmed up. And he warmed up. So, I mean, we could see him, but, I mean, maybe maybe this is just another game where you're like, all right, you know, KB, Keith Bonifa, we trust our three guys. We're going to rest Miles until he's 100% so he can come back and, and really shoulder the load. Well, I do think this was it was part of the matchup. Like, against Oregon, you could tell that Gaskin was literally talking his way onto that field. Like, they tried to take him out, and he came back and was on the field. And they tried to take him out and came back, and he was on the field. And it sort of ticked down a little bit at the end, but he was really... I got the feeling that he was convincing them to put him back in the game, and they were pretty much letting him because it's Oregon, and it was a close game. Colorado seemed to be a team that you could run with your second and third and fourth string guys and still get away with it, uh, and they could. 
Uh, and Cal seems to be more Colorado on defense than Oregon. Yeah. So I could, I bet it's the same thing. I bet he warms up. I could easily see him not playing that much. Mm-hmm. Rest him for Stanford week. But the other thing is, it's a it's a shoulder injury with him, right? So like, it's not you're not really worried about him jumping or running. It's really, I get the feeling if if it is a shoulder, it's really just impact. Yeah, it's the con- it's a contact. You're limiting contact. You're limiting the amount of times he falls on it, which makes it sort of harder to gauge how healthy. Because like he could probably run full speed right now, but. If you can't jog and hit a wall at the end, then you're in trouble as a running back. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be an interesting situation next week. I mean, we'll see. Kyle's got a good football team up there. Don't always play like it. It looks like Chase Garbers is healthy. He's got another starter at quarterback. They do have a change of pace quarterback, though. Brandon McElwain. McElwain. He rushed for over 100 yards against the Ducks. Yep. So, and the Huskies have had trouble with those running quarterbacks before. They had trouble with Steven Montez on Saturday when yeah, things they broke down. Him. They limited him pretty well. They weren't on designed on yeah. designed and on designed run plays with him, whereas the read option, they absolutely blew it up. Yeah. And they did that with Justin Herbert as well the week before. It seemed like they had a guy to spy him the entire game. But uh, and I believe that guy is Tevis Bartlett. Yeah, probably. Might have been Ryan Bowman in this last game. Yeah. Because Ryan yeah, Bowman did I'd a really good job. But when things kind of break down and, you know, the coverage is really good, I think Montez did a really good job of kind of stepping up and, and yeah. running for those first downs. He did it a few times. Yeah, a few times. I don't think he was stepping up as much. He was escaping out the back. He had a couple times. And Ryan, you talked about Ryan Bowman. Ryan Bowman was on him pretty much all game long. But there were, yeah, a couple times. It almost looked a little bit like Jake Browning trying to escape where he sort of turns his back to him. Pete said. And, like, turns to his right and ran down the right side and he had like two of those plays in a row one of them got called back for a pretty obvious hold mm-hmm. so like if he can do it it's great but a lot of people can't do it and it's hard to block for that play too so i think washington will take the the coverage there for sure for sure and then obviously a lot of weapons i think patrick laird rushed for over, uh, almost 200 yards yep against Oregon State. He's a weapon, and he's not just a weapon in the rush game. They throw it out out of the backfield. He's really their go-to player there. And on defense, very, I mean, they might be the most the most improved defense in the conference the past couple years. Yeah, probably. And I was talking to one of the sports editors at Cal uh, just now a couple minutes ago. It's been interesting because Patrick Laird, he had 193 yards in his last game. He hasn't, he's definitely not been the same, at least numbers-wise, this year as he was, because, like, last year he ended, I think, three straight 100-yard games. One of those was like 250. He almost won big game by himself last year. Yeah. But I think that was just his second 100-yard game of the year uh, this year, in large part due to the fact that they have so much, they've had so many many troubles at quarterback. Their pass game is about half-existent, and they're finding themselves down a lot of the time, and it's hard to be a feature running back when you're down a couple possessions in the third quarter and you got to move the ball. You got to throw it all the time. Yeah. So, like, if you look at his carries numbers, you guys see you got it open. Go to his game log. Yeah. Um, one twenty-one on the year. Yeah. Only one hundred twenty-one carries. He's only got five hundred eighty rushing yards. Yeah, exactly. It's been down. It's been. If you look at his carries numbers, like last game, it worked because they established the run early. I think he had like twenty something carries. But if you look at past weeks, he's been stuck on ten carries, eleven carries, twelve carries. Yeah. Because they just haven't given him the opportunity to really be that back. So I think looking forward to the next Saturday. It's really going to be on that first quarter. If if UW can explode out of the gate and get up a couple of possessions and force whoever it is at quarterback to throw the ball and eliminate Patrick Laird as a runner, then UW's going to be in a great position to win. Yeah, well, and to go off your carries thing, he actually had 29 in their first game against North Carolina in a win. How he had 10. Yards? Oh, uh, 90, 95 yards. Mm-hmm. So really not, that's not a great average, 3.3. But 
against BYU in a win. He had 10 carries for 30 yards. A lot of receptions, though, 7 for 53. Win against Idaho State, 11 carries for 22 yards. And then three, they had their three straight losses against Oregon, Arizona, and UCLA, where he had 18 carries, 14 carries, and 17 carries. And then in this last game, 22. 22 yeah. carries for 193 yards. Like, I think he might be, with Bryce Love having a not great year and Miles Gaskin being hurt, he might be one of the premier backs in the Pac-12. Like, I'm trying to think who's in the South. Like, last year, I think he was a dark horse but after, you know, Love and Gaskin and Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. Patrick Laird might be, like, one of the better backs that nobody's talking about. The problem is that he's in a system that doesn't have a great offensive line at times, so blocking's not there all the time, and he's a running back on a team that's losing a lot of games early. So, as I said, come the third and fourth quarters, they're not able to run those dives to him because they need to move the ball quickly and save clock. So, like, if you put him on a real, on like a much better offensive line, you gave him UW's offensive line even, I think he could be the best back on the West Coast. That's an interesting point because you really talk about, you know, running backs in the Pac-12 conference. and It was so deep it's last a, year. It's a lot of new faces. I mean, I think Eno Benjamin's having a good year for Arizona State. Yeah. Obviously, C.J. Verdell's kind of come out for Oregon, and, and he, he's, he's a good back, good young back. Even you watch that Wazoo game on Saturday, and C.J. Verdell is the real deal. He'll yeah. be good there for a while. But I just remember talking to you last year at the end of the season and saying, yeah, I think Patrick Laird might be one of the best backs in the in the Pac-12. And But then you look and you see, like you said, you see yeah, Miles Gaskin and Bryce Love and Royce Freeman and Ronald Jones down in Southern Cal and Philip Lindsay and Zach Moss, right, at yep. uh, Utah. Yeah. yeah, there were just so many, and they're just not there right yeah. now. It's really way more wide open. It's way more wide open. And, I mean, you talk about Zach Moss, and he might maybe be in the discussion. Yeah, Ryan Null's gone. Ryan Nall's gone, but Oregon State's kind of replaced with their own backs. Yeah. Some freshmen, but we'll talk about them later, yeah, we'll talk about obviously. Them later. So, yeah, it should be an interesting week. Uh, it's another road game. You know, they don't really have that long to uh, to stay at home. This, I mean, what? I think they had they have one. One home game in October. One home game in October, and it was yep. the one they just played. Yep. And then it doesn't get any easier there. they got to play Stanford, and that's always a tough football game. And uh, Then you get your bye. Then you finally get your bye. You need your bye. Then you get Oregon State, which should be a win. Um, and then you got yep, short cup. week, Pullman. Fun times. Uh, hopefully everyone has their clothes on, but you never know. Sail the pirate trip into Pullman. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that'll be the show this week. Uh, thanks again to Josh for coming on. I know it's always fairly last minute. Yeah, thanks for having me. Am I pretty much just a host now? Yeah, I think I think you're pretty much a co-host. Okay, sounds good. Uh, but yeah, so I'm Alec Dietz. I was joined by uh, Josh Kirshenbaum and... This has been The Dog Zone. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next Monday.